to be serious. Uh, there's a movie in, uh, in The Lion Coming to America. They say, they seem so lovely, don't you agree? <laughs> I was so anointed when I came in the building. I had been praying for a month. And I just, that's what I did with the anointing. I just, I just went coming to America with God's anointing. So, so Psalms 137 says this, By the rivers of Babylon... We sat and we wept when we remembered Zion. I'm at Psalms 137, Colin. I'm throwing you a curveball. I'm starting there. Um, so much today. I'm going to go a la carte through my notes. Can't preach all of this. Going to get the gist of it. I can't quit here, Taylor. It's a big theme in black um, history. Rest if you must, right? Just don't quit, right? That's, that's, that's black history. Don't quit here. Didn't bring us this far to leave her. By the rivers of Babylon, Psalms 137, 1 through 6, we sat and we wept when we remembered Zion. There on the poplars we hung our harps. For there our captors asked for us songs. Y'all want us to sing for y'all? Our tormentors demanded a song of joy. It's insult to injury, man. They said, sing one of us the songs of Zion. Sing the Negro spirituals. How can we sing the songs of the Lord while in a foreign land? If I I forget you, Jerusalem, may my right hand forget its skill. May my tongue cling to the roof of my mouth. If I do not remember you, if I do not consider Jerusalem. Because the Lord is my shepherd and I lack nothing. Even though I don't have anything, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the quiet waters. I've needed it because I did not have anything. I needed a shepherd. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right path for his name's sake. And even though I walk through the darkest valley, that's relative. I will fear no evil. Somebody clap with me for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely... Goodness and love and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord. Just that promise. Just that promise. Welcome to Black History Month, Common Ground Northeast. This year is particularly exciting to me because this, as I told you, my third time to celebrate with you here at Common Ground Northeast. It is important to me to have found in my travels... After having meeting the man at, Walmart, at Waffle House all those years ago, a church that looks to heal the equitable and racial divide in America and right around here as well. I can appreciate this church, our church, my church, because it loves justice and it seeks the reconciliation of all people. The blood of Jesus reconciles us all back to his will. 
his plan, and his love. Mostly, though, I should say I appreciate this church because it was on this mission long before I arrived. That's important to me. This conviction that you have predates my being here. But it is in large part why I agree and want to be here. Laurie and I, we are proud to add our energy and experience to this conversation. And she and I, we pray that you find us to be positive additions and that we add to the momentum. How many know that momentum is important? Two years ago in Black History Month, we met Levi Coffin, a white abolitionist who helped many black people in their journey to freedom. Last year in Black History Month, if you recall, we introduced a particular perspective on negotiation. We agreed that it is impossible to do this level of work, to have this level of a cultural clash without offending one another. You remember that? There will be fouls, we agreed to that. But we all agree, somebody help me with this, it's all love. It's all love. These are the concepts that I want to build upon this year. This Levi Coffin spirit. This ease, it's all love agreement. Maybe this year we can take those to the next level. This is the right spirit that we use when we approach Black History Month this month and this year. We're expanding the conversation, learning more of how to love one another while engaging in challenging and necessary conversation. So over the next month, we will look at the inspiration behind the theme, which is, and still we sing. Raising our voices, singing our way to victory. Taylor, we can't give up now. And so today's sermon subject, as you know, the first, first uh, sermon in this series, which is just simply this, this is my story, and this is my song. And we're talking about the ability of a resilient people. Yes, an oppressed and marginalized people, a proud people, an in forward motion people, a people who will not be left behind, who will not quit here. I won't die here. I won't quit here. I'm tired. Rest if you must, but just don't quit. A people who will not quit, who will not give up, but just like truth crushed to earth, we rise, we get up, we wake up, we look up, and we move up. Which brings me to my next carnal moment. One of the most popular songs in black history is the Jefferson's theme song. <laughs> We're moving on up. Well, at Common Ground, just like the Jeffersons, we're moving up. Like George and Wheezy, y'all. We're growing as a community. We're growing in our love for everyone. We're growing in our capacity to receive everyone, everybody. Pastor Eric, your theme is invited. Thank you for giving us that theme. We are growing in our knowledge, respect, and appreciation for every nationality and every cultural perspective. We are celebrating people who sing through adversity. We are celebrating the lyrics that pain produced. So here's where we got the subject. It is from the poem Maya Angelou wrote, And Still I Rise. She said, she coined this, you remember this, you may write me down in history 
with your bitter, twisted lies. You may trot me in the very dirt, but still like dust I rise, she said. Did you want to see me broken, bowed head and lowered eyes, shoulders falling down like teardrops, weakened by my soulful cries? You may shoot me with your words, you may cut me with your eyes, you may kill me with your hatefulness, but still like air I rise. Out of the huts of history's shame, I rise, she said. Up from past up from a past rooted in pain, I rise. I am a black ocean leaping and wide, welling and swelling, I bear in the tide. Leaving behind nights of terror and fear, I rise. Into a daybreak that's wondrously clear, I rise. Bring me the gifts that my ancestors gave. I am the dream and the hope of the slave. I rise. I rise, I rise. And yet not only do we rise as a people, but we sing. We sing, we sing, we sing. Pastor Ken, what do you sing about? We sing about our trouble and our triumph. We sing about our pain and our joy. We sing about our placement our place as underclass citizens in America. We sing about our displacement. This land is not our home. We sing because we miss our home. We sing because we miss our customs. We sing because we miss the right to exercise our culture. We miss our real names. We sing about our wilderness experience. We are wandering in a strange land. We sing because we want it to get better. And we sing because we don't think it can get any worse. We sing about our loss of a clear sense of direction. We sing about our bleak economic situation. We sing about our mass incarceration. Somebody black and brown is going to jail or to prison. And it is at this point unavoidable. I'm not saying that nobody black and brown deserves to go to jail. I'm just saying that nobody black or brown deserves to live in a system that demands it. So we sing about mass incarceration. Lauren Hill, for some reason when we were putting the albums out, she didn't make the wall. Excuse me, Lauren, you my favorite. I don't, they didn't select you, Lauren. I don't know. I got a whole bunch of Lauren, they didn't put her up there. Lauren Hill taught us that we sing about our blatant miseducation. We sing about our character assassination. Did you know the recent study said this? That black men are the best of fathers to their children. There are many myths and socially embraced narratives about us, but they do not hold weight statistically, and they're not true in reality but they are part of the accepted assassination of our character. If not our lives, then certainly our character assassinate our character. We sing about our future destination because it won't always be like this. We sing because sometimes that is all that we can do. We sing to keep from crying.
We sing because in spite of our trauma, there's a voice on the inside that keeps talking to us, talking through us. It tells us to keep moving. I just can't give up now. When I was a boy in church, we used to sing a song, something down inside of me keeps telling me to go ahead. Jesus down inside of me keeps telling me to go ahead. And all the song was, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. And we spent 20 minutes just admonishing one another to go ahead. So we sing for three spears. We sing about our history, who we really are and where we really come from, where we were valued. We sing so we don't forget our history. But secondly, we sing to be conscious about our reality. So our history, but our reality, where we are now. And thirdly, we sing about our victory, where we hope to be one day with God's help. There is no celebration of victory without a consciousness of reality. You have to know where you are. We shall overcome. In short, our songs tell our story. Every movie has a soundtrack. It is the musical expression of the movie's plot. It expresses the movie's dilemma, its suspense, its irony, its plot, its plight, its predicaments, its people, and its purpose. What's the point of the story? Whenever they hope to convey to the interested audience, music helps to tell the story. The songs helps us to stay focused and helps convey the meaning of the movie. Every generation has a soundtrack. Every ethnic group has a soundtrack. Part of the soundtrack of a movie also, did you know this? I didn't know this until I researched it. Not just the songs, but the background music is part of the movie soundtrack. What's playing in the background? What's playing in the background of black and brown people in America are songs of reality and songs of victory. So in our text today, by the rivers of Babylon, we meet a people who are displaced. They're not in their home. And to add insult to injury, their captors require of them a song. Sing us one of your songs. Entertain us. Give us the best of what you have. Take that which is sacred and offer it to us. Take that which, it, which defines you, that thing that embodies the essence of your being as a people. And though it is sacred to you, and though it, it resides on the altars of your heart, give it to us, entertain us. And they question, how can we sing this song when we're in a strange land? Not how we have the song. How can we give it to you? You don't appreciate it. You don't love it. It's not precious to you. It's not sacred to you. You don't know the meaning behind it. You haven't experienced it. You're taking what means so much to us. And you're asking us to entertain you with it. You're asking us to give what we give God and what we give one another and sacred observance, and you want us to entertain you. And so here are my points today. You can know my song. You can even like my song. You can like my beat. But you probably don't understand my song. 
in order to fully understand my song, you have to be very familiar with my story. The more you understand my story, the more you can appreciate my song. I've got a little illustration. I need some help with it. It's going to drive my point home. So I need, some, I need somebody to help me with this right quick. We got to go quick. We got to pass these out right quick. This is a little illustration. It's going to, it's, it's Jolly Rancher. It's all good. Can I just tell you that Jolly Rancher got me through fifth period of many a day? <laughs> me and Jolly Rancher and me and now later, man. Anybody mess with now and later? I need you to move quick. And I don't, I don't want you to open it. I don't want you to eat it. I don't want you to consume it just yet. Just yet. But I will need everybody to get one. And we just praise God. I mean, me and Jolly Rancher, she's one of, he, she, whoever, they one of my best friends, right? Uh, not supposed to eat uh, candy in class, but um, Jolly Rancher went to school with me a many a day. And so let me know when you got it. Quick illustration. Uh, when you got it, hold it up. Anybody hold it up. Uh, everybody needs one. Got to get one, Jolly Rancher. I need everybody to get one just for illustration purposes. Uh, when you got it, I want you to do me a favor. Uh, everybody got one, hold it up. I want, at a count of three, I want you to yell out your flavor. One, two, three. All right, you got that. All right, got it. Now I need everybody to partner up with one other person, and here's the assignment, all right? I want you to pretend I mean, everybody might have to move, that that flavor is the only flavor you've been eating all of your life. When you pretend you're an expert in that flavor, you know that like the back of your hand. I want you to pretend the person next to you has never experienced that, doesn't know anything about that. You're the expert. They're not, they've never seen it, all right? And for 30 seconds, I want one of you, the expert, to explain to the non-expert, the person who's never had an experience, I want you to explain that flavor to them. I want you to tell them texture. All right, you're on the clock. Ready? Go. Come on, tell them that. I want you to explain that to them. Come on, explain it to them. Yeah, tell them. Dig deep. You're the expert. Monica, somebody's got to explain that to you. Go, tell them about it. Tell them about it. Hey, I'm the expert in this. Come on, tell them. Tell them, tell them about it. Come on, tell them. You, you got to dig deep. You're the expert. It's the only thing you've ever done all your life. Tell them about it. You've only got 15 more seconds to tell them everything you know about that flavor. You just got 10 seconds. You got to tell them everything you know about that flavor. Five, four, three, two, time. You're the expert. You told them everything you know about that flavor. 
Now you're on the clock. I want you to switch. I want the other person, to de- the expert, and you know nothing about the flavor. Even if you have the same flavor, you know nothing about this. You're on the clock. Ready? Go. Come on. Tell them about that flavor. Tell them about it. They've never had it in their life. They know nothing about it. They, they know nothing about it. Come on, tell Tell them what it's going to taste like on their tongue, what it's going to feel like. Tell them once, they, once you go grape, you don't go back. Tell them that, you know. You're not digging deep, digging deep enough. Come on, you got 15 more seconds. Tell them everything about that. They know nothing about this. You're the expert. You got five, four, three, two, time's up. Now, here's what I want you to do. You did the best you could at explaining it, right? Texture, taste, right? Once you go grape, you don't go back like all that, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) All of that, all that. Now, here's what I want you to do. I want you to give it to them, and I want you to let them taste it. I want you, oh, okay. I want you to swap candy. I hope you didn't eat. Now, give them the flavor you explained to them. And for one second, even though if you don't eat this, I want everybody to taste it. Come on, taste it. Just taste it. I want you to taste what they tried to explain to you. I want you to taste what they tried to explain to you. And once you taste it, I got one question for you. Even if they did a really good job, they didn't do it justice, did they? Once you tasted it, it's like you almost had to taste it, right? So their words were pretty good, except when you tasted it, how many, how many had the testimony? Oh, man, tasting it took it to the next level. Tasting, tasting it took it to the next level, right? All right. Here's what I want you to know. About being black and brown in America, I can tell you with my words as good as I can about the weight of my skin. The thing that I think about black skin more than anything, and I have these, I won't do this illustration, I brought these, is there are days that I think my skin is heavy. And I try to tell you about this skin in America. The problem that I have is that as a white person, you're never going to be able to taste it. You can't taste this. So all you have are my words, because what you're dealing with is something you'll never be able to experience. And I can't impress upon you enough what it's like to wear the weight of this skin. So, 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 it's almost like this. Last week, my grandson, Gray Wolf, came to my house. Give you some points to get you out of here. Lori and I blessed clothes on the new house, and we were there and showing uh, our grandkids the house. So my grandson, Gray, when he walked into the house, all he saw was, oh, a thousand new places to hide. <laughs> like hide and seek. And so he said, Granddad, okay, yeah, that's the laundry room. Forget all that. Let's play hide and seek because I see 
a thousand new places to hide. And when you play hide and seek with Gray, like, you know, you know he's under the chair, but you got to walk around and they're like, where is he? Hey, uh, man, he, uh, is he still here? Lori, have you seen Gray? No, maybe he really left, right? And he's just under there taking it in. So, so Gray went and hid. And I made the mistake of not letting the game play out long enough. The first place I looked, I found him. I'm like, you idiot. <laughs> like, you know how this goes. And the look on his face was so disappointing. He wanted to cry because he didn't hide good enough. He thought it was on him. I knew it was on me. Like, you knew he was there. You're supposed to look all around the house and 15 minutes later come back and say, oh, man, you're really good at this. But I thought, man, maybe that happened for a reason because I was going to preach to you. And that's what my black skin feels like. It feels like there's never a place to hide, that I never can find a place to hide. My sin is not whatever you've concluded about my skin. Or it's not the preferred skin in America. I thought other white skin, I don't know if I think that you can hide or that you don't need to. It's the preferred thing. I love my skin. There are days it's heavy, and there's no way to hide it. So when many of you, and I'm not picking on anybody in particular, when I came to this church, many of you said to me, some of you said, hey, can we understand, because we've been missionaries, and we've gone to places where we're the minority. And I want to give you credit for identity. Like, you probably can have that experience and have some identity of what it's like to be me. But you don't have the intensity. You have identity without intensity because at some level, I'm not dissing, we're loving, we're learning, we're moving forward. If you chose that, then we're not talking about the same thing. Right? This ain't the same thing. If you were never more than two days flight away from coming back to America, we're not talking about the same thing. I'll never be able to change this. I'll die like this, whatever this means. This is non-negotiable. It would be like being in county lockup for six months and talking to the person who has a life sentence and saying, I know what you're going through. <laughs> I'm like, bro, you don't know what I'm going through. I got life. And that's it. And so, so probably as we move forward in negotiation, because we love one another and we're, we're doing this negotiation, probably the thing that I would prefer is to all of us commit to ever learning, knowing that you're never really going to be able to taste this. So you'll never know exactly what this tastes like. And all I can do is explain it to you. So what's the problem in the text as I get ready to close? They don't want to sing to people who don't understand it because they're mocking them. But at Common Ground, it's easy to have Ivan and, and Taylor come 
because you love and you're really interested. But at some level, it would be to understand that my history is your mystery. You don't know this, right? I cannot sing for your enjoyment the songs that I need for my encouragement. This is not your song. The problem is that when you hear it, you do identify with elements of it. Because you two are going through pain. Black people don't have a monopoly on pain. We do not have a monopoly on rough days. We are not the only people with a trying and tough history. But there's levels to this. I'm your brother. I love you. I'm trying to tell you. There's levels to this. Jody, when we were in preaching collectors, he's like, Ken, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death and through dark valley. And she says, Ken, you know that valley is darker for some people than others. I'm like, yeah, Jody, right on. I'm, that's going to make the preaching. <laughs> you probably have some identity. I'm glad you do. But it's hard for me to convey intensity. You have identity without intensity. So everybody follow me around with your eyes. Look at me. Look at me good. Follow me. And do me a favor. Close your right eye. Put your right hand over your right eye. That's probably how you know my story. You see it, but you don't have depth perception. With one eye, you don't have depth perception. All of a sudden, you weren't sure how far I was away from you. That's the way it plays out. You can see it, so you identify it, so you might think you know it, but it would be like looking at it with one eye. Colin, put that Maslow up and I'm done. So when we look to be more black and brown in the future, if that's the will of the Lord, where I like in common ground right now is probably coming in when people want to go to church, that's love and belonging. Not everybody agrees from out low. Everybody believes he's in the ballpark. So I want you to know that a lot of songs in black history, they come from the first two levels. I don't know what I'm going to eat. I don't know where I'm going to live. No food, cold, and shelter. Safety and security. So a majority white, fairly affluent church probably comes in, starts at that level, and goes up. As we look to be more black and brown, we have to be able to go backwards and know that we're capable of understanding the story of people who are in the first two levels. Because also, a lot of our songs come from there. So if a song is forged in that place, and you hear it and you like it, right? If you've never been there, it wouldn't be wise of you to think you understand that fully. Right? So I do a whole corporate teaching on this where I invert this pyramid in corporate training that I do, and I teach people. But it's also erroneous to think that if you enter at a higher level and go higher, that to be here is not to know God at the lower levels. 
when Jesus came, he came at the lower level. So as we come together, we got to be able to do the whole pyramid, but we have to be particularly good in loving and understanding people. I pastored for 25 years now. The 15 years I did at the Healing Place, I rarely came to church that somebody didn't call me and say, Pastor, I want to come to church. I really want to be there, but I'm short on petrol. Like, daughter, do you have enough to get here? I, I think I can get there, Pastor, but I'm going to be on E. Just come on right through, and we're going to take care of you and make sure you can get home. That was my reality. Like, I don't think it was a Sunday that somebody didn't need. So when I came to Common Ground, right, they gave me a budget. They're like, hey, man, like, you got to watch your budget because men's and women's ministry, y'all had extra food. I don't want you to have extra food. I'm like, yeah, man, but I've been pastoring for 15 years, but there was no such thing as extra food. We brought extra food on purpose. You want to see me and Wade get in a fight and me and Wade do fight? Let Wade have an event and there's not enough food. I will go O-F-F because I purposely brought extra food so somebody could take it home, but we could act like it was extra, but we planned it so they could take it home. So it's a cultural clash, man. Right? And we will figure out the answers to that. So, let me say this, and I'm closing. Um, a lot of the people on that wall, and we'll preach next week, that it's assumed in black community, right? Like the black church is the authority and all like that. Um, but what is true if you live in black life, the church probably has the spiritual solution, but the secular world does a very good job. That's why I put all those people on there, on that wall. Because those guys are kind of like prophets. They understand what I would call the secular synopsis of what's happening in black community. They identify the problem very well. I think, watch this, better than the church. I think they understand. I think Marvin Gaye understands it better than most people, right? So what he sings about, the preachers preach about, and somewhere along the line, we come out all right. So Colin, let's give him a couple playlists. This is my first playlist, and then we're done. Play Inner City Blues. So you got to understand this. You might like the music, but this is the... This is a beat, right? So everybody gonna feel this beat, but listen to the words. Do we have the words? This is a lament, right? This is a pain. This is a crying out. This is the pain that words can't describe. Rockets and moonshots. Spend it all.
So this is the inner city blues, right? It's nice beat. You could rock to that and not even know or that the da-da-da means that this is a pain that I can't put in words, right? So you don't have to have been in the inner city to totally have a respect for it, but if it's possible to think you know what he's talking about and not fully know what he's talking about. So having a healthy reverence and respect for that. Let's give him one more, two more. Let's do Stevie Wonder. Let's do Higher Ground. Now this one will get you because it's a jam. And you'll sound like, oh, that's my jam. But you don't maybe know that he's talking to a people who are down to don't quit because there is for us a higher ground. Turn it up. Now if you rock to this, you might miss the meaning of what he's saying. There's an implicit message in here, and if you're in pain, the message clear to you. So everybody likes the music, but not everybody understands the word. He tells us what Taylor told us. Don't quit here, because we're going to get there. Watch what he says. We're going to get there. It ain't going to be long now. Stay in the fight. It ain't going to be long, right? He goes on to say, though, he appeals to whoever has made it in black society. Teachers keep teaching. Preachers keep preaching. Lovers keep loving. If you have influence, stay in the fight because it won't be long. And that's the black narrative. We don't, we're not in power. We can't make it happen. But we got to keep this thing out there in front of us as a goal and a vision. And so Stevie says that it won't be long. But you could play that on the dance floor and everybody go crazy. They wouldn't even know what he was talking about. Right. Let's skip Sam Cooke in the interest of time. I was born by the river in the little tent, just like that river I've been running ever since, and it's been a long time coming, the black narrative, but a change is going to come. Let's do Black Rage by my favorite person, Lauren Hill, and then I'm done. Now, this is deep. you got to put this in. Two-thirds a person, great things and beatings and suffering and worsens, black human packages. Tied up in strings Black rage can come from all These kinds of things Black rage is founded on Blatant denial Squeeze economics Subsistence survival Deafening silence And social control Black rage is founded on Wounds in the soul 
When the dogs bite, when the bees right? when I'm feeling sad, I simply remember all these kinds of things, and then I don't fear so Black race founded, fed us self-hatred, lies and abuse, while we waited and waited, spiritual treason, this grid and its cages, black rage is founded on these kinds of Check out Lauren. She, she's the truth, right? So, so, so the people who raised me, man, it's like this groundedness that you have to have when you deal with society. And I love being here um, because we want to have this conversation. And so I would say, um, one is all love. Two. If you think you got it, you won't go further. And I'm sure, like grape, if you've never tested it, you don't got this. But you can get a healthy appreciation for it. Knowing you don't have it, uh, it's, it's room for growth. So I'll end like this. Over the next few weeks, uh, we'll give you what the, what the church says about it, though, but I'm into my secular artists because I think they're prophetic and they give us a good glimpse of what the problem is, in my humble opinion, better than the church does. Now, I'm a third generation pastor. So, but then I do think the church takes what secular world presents, takes it to God and finds our way to healing. Come on, let's pray. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for Black History Month. Thank you for Common Ground Northeast. I love my church. I love everybody here. I love you for difficult conversations. I love you for a place to have them. I love you for a place where I, as a black man, can come. Love all sorts of people, black and brown people, yellow people, whoever, white people. And we can have a good conversation and I can tell them my experience. And they can tell me their experience because they too have a soundtrack that I don't totally understand. I've just been forced to listen to it more than they've been forced to listen to mine. Heal us, bless us, take us forward. In Jesus' name, amen. If you know this story, it'll make you wanna holler and throw up both your hands.
Amen. Just give a hand for the word that God has entrusted to Pastor Kevin.